Hey everyone, I'm your host, Wesley Tran, and welcome to Recovering Travel Junkie, a podcast where we'll be discussing how traveling has impacted a person's personal growth and purpose, and we'll be diving deeper to understanding the world's different human beings. What's up, y'all? It's Wesley, and welcome to the first episode of Recovering Travel Junkie. I plan on this podcast to be an interview style where I bring on guests and interview them about how certain places impacted their personal growth and journey. But today, I'm just going to share about who I am and my journey that's going to start this podcast. So I was born and raised in San Jose, California to two Vietnamese parents, and I'm the oldest of four children. So growing up in the Bay, I was fortunate to be exposed to so many different cultures. The majority of people in my life were either immigrants or children of immigrants. The majority was made of the minority, and white people were the minority. There were huge Vietnamese populations, Chinese, Filipino, and other Southeastern Asian cultures, alongside Indian, Mexican, all mixed together in a city of one million people. So this has helped me become interested in learning about other cultures because all the exposure I've had. And I also grew up in the church, and I will be talking later about how my faith in Jesus Christ just leads me to my decisions to build relationships with people and to just share the love with others. I then moved to San Diego in the fall of 2015 for college. I attended Point Loma Nazarene University. This is my first time outside San Jose, and the first time I was the minority because everyone else was white. It wasn't too much of a culture shock though. We're all Americans. We love the same movies, video games, and have the school in common. These years were definitely the second most formative years of my life, just beyond the baby years, of course. I took risks and actively sought after them. Like living in San Jose, I had everything. Family, money, friends. I was comfortable, but I was also pretty sheltered and closeted. But now in this new location, I wanted to do everything I can just say yes to. Definitely had a lot of firsts, like first hikes, first cliff jumping, first time surfing. I'm just naturally introverted and I prefer to chill in my house on my computer rather than actually do things. It's also because San Jose doesn't have too many things to do outside of eating out at restaurants with your friends. But San Diego pushed me outside my comfort zone, made me into the person I am today. One that lives life without regrets and one where I try not to have fear control me. The beginning of my sophomore year of college, I studied abroad in London. This was my first time outside of California, believe it or not. It was such an awesome place to be, because everyone spoke English or wanted to learn English, and wanted to learn it from a native English speaker such as myself, so I got a lot of people to talk to me that way. I went with a program in Point Loma with 20 other students. The first half was so dope. We were in the middle of the city, the Kensington area of London, and stayed in a student dorm. I met so many people from around the world. Like the first friends that I made were some French girls that were there for a debate tournament. And they were debating in English in a second language. And that's so strange to me. Some of my favorite memories while I was there was playing soccer in a local park with the other guys in the dorms. We all just gathered around together. We were planning to play each other, but then some cocky middle schoolers came up to us and we started playing against them. And of course, just because they were middle schoolers and we were 18 to 26 year olds, we dominated. 
I was playing goalie, and I'm not a soccer guy, but it was so fun just being the goalie and just smacking the ball away from the kids. And another favorite memory of mine was a bunch of other students moved in, and we played around the world ping pong. And it was so cool because, one, the students from Point Loma that I were with were primary girls. Like, it was three dudes and 17 girls. So I needed some other bros around. And two, all the guys were literally from around the world. Brazil, Serbia, Netherlands, New Zealand, Italy, and Spain. And it was such a memorable moment for me and such a great metaphor for how people can connect over such a simple game. Then we moved locations into a new hostel. It was for missionaries. And it's not a lot of people that were our age. And around this time, I also got plugged into a new church too, which was Hillsong London. So I came from a small church of around 400 people, and they were all Vietnamese Americans. And this church had at least 1,500 people attending, and so many different diverse peoples. And I remember on my first Sunday, I was just wandering around, and the usher noticed I was kind of new because I was looking around. And we got to become friends, and he invited me to coffee afterwards, and we kept in touch. But I was still hesitant on making a commitment to this church. But, so my friend Jason, I'm going to give him a shout out, he kept reaching out to me, like, hey, we got worship Thursday, want to come? Or we got ping pong Friday, let's go. And so I went to these events. They were just available. I wanted to be around people my age, and I got plugged in. And it wasn't until about three t three times coming to an event where I just felt welcomed, where I noticed everyone wanted to get to know me personally, where I was from, what my story was. And we all clicked so well. And this is why London has a special place in my heart. It's because of these people, these people who I've built strong relationships with to the point where I still keep in contact with them to this day. My next travel destination was New York City. This was spring break of 2017. I was looking online for cheap flights and just saw a ticket for $290 from San Diego to New York, and I knew I had to go. So I went to visit a friend who was studying at NYU at the time and to see family that I haven't seen in 10 plus years. So on my plane ride there, I actually sat next to two people who overheard. I was just going by myself and they gave me tips on things to do there. And it was just awesome getting to know the locals perspective on what to do in New York City for a first timer like me. I even got a free Uber ride to my destination from one of my friends because I reminded her of her younger self of when she was in her 20s and traveling the world and I stayed with my friend. He showed me around New York, got me bagels, pizza. He was also literally living in a closet over a burger shop. It was such a rickety, shanty place to be. And all I remember is when I was trying to sleep, I could hear the shower creak and the pipes just rattle. It was so bad that made me not want to stay in New York.
So I told my dad I was going to New York City. And he said, oh yeah, my sister's there. You should visit her. So my aunt married a white dude from Brooklyn and settled in northern New Jersey with her three sons. But the last time I saw them was when I was 10 years old. I had almost zero recollection of them outside of the stories my dad told me, which were very few. And being with them was kind of weird. It was great, but it was weird because they knew all about you and I knew nothing about them. And so my uncle Bob, he would tell me stories about my father I never knew, like how he took my aunt and Bob on a road trip around California. It was also so interesting to meet my cousins as adults because it's like meeting your long lost sibling, but cousins, and we just haven't seen each other in so long, but we have the commonality of our relatives. So I got to experience what life was like for my cousin. So he was based in North New Jersey, middle of nowhere, and had to take two buses to get to New York City every single day, and then take the subway to Brooklyn for community college. And that entire journey took three and a half hours, one way. And that just made me realize of all the troubles that my cousin has went through just to get an education, just to be in the city, and just made me value his hard work work ethic to just continue to go to the place where there's opportunity. So my next destination, 2018, I worked my entire spring break. So by the end of my junior year, I was so burned out. Skipped to the end of summer, I was like, all right, it's time to go somewhere fun. And I looked on the map and was torn between two cities, Chicago and Miami. Chicago is cheaper, so I went there. And I was looking at things to do in the summer of Chicago and saw that there's a big music festival. It was Lollapalooza. I saw the names Travis Scott, Tyler the Creator, Walk the Moon, and that alone was enough reason for me to go to this four-day music festival. So this is the first time I went traveling by myself. I didn't know anyone in the destination there, and I only had my backpack. I also didn't have a place to stay, so very last minute, I looked up the cheapest place I could find on Airbnb, and it was in Southside Chicago. It was hella ghetto, but I made awesome relationships with the people there. One of the most interesting people I met was a man named Jay. He was a Nazarite missionary, so someone like Samson from the Bible. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ on the streets. He didn't drink wine, he didn't cut his hair, nor could he be in the presence of a dead body. And I joined him for one of his street preaching sessions. So walking around Southside Chicago was, it was scary. 68 people got shot the weekend I was there. And it also helped that Jay was black because I was the only non-black person there. So I was clearly an outsider. I remember the first people we walked up to were pretty much teenagers. They were teenage kids wearing saggy pants and bandanas. They were most likely part of a gang. So Jay walks up to them and was like, hey, I'm giving out the word today. Y'all wanna hear? And one of them right away was like, yeah, I could use it today. And we just moved on. It helped me break down stereotypes and assumptions and just straight up talk to people to get to know them. I found out most of them were just there living life. Crime is normal because it's what's necessary to survive. 
we then sat down at this place for lunch and it was just interesting because most stores in the area have a huge barrier between the employees and customers to prevent robberies like the food money was sent through a gate and that's just the way life is in Southside Chicago and Jay mentioned it was just hard for people to go to church and that's why he found it his mission to bring the church to the people so that Southside Chicago can change. So in December 2018, I graduated college and I took a month off to travel. I had bought one-way tickets to London before I embarked on this journey. So my entire trip went from Austin, Texas, Washington, D.C., Boston, London, Oxford, Venice, Barcelona, Budapest, and Copenhagen, and back to California and LAX. It was a lot. <laughs> my roommates invited me to a Christian conference in Austin for New Year's. We took an 18-hour road trip from San Diego to Austin, Texas, split between two days. It was long, but it was so fun. The Christian conference was hella dope. I met so many awesome people and went to cool talks and workshops. The highlight was probably being stuck on an elevator for the first time. So the conference is held at this four-star hotel and we're coming back from a talk from the lobby. And I bet my roommate, who's six foot three, 250 pounds, that I can get back to our room, which was on the 11th floor. He took one look at the elevator and was like, nah, I'll take the stairs. I'm a small guy. So I squeezed myself in. And one of the dudes said, hey, come on in, there's more room. And we squeezed 19 people in a tiny elevator. And we got stuck. Fortunately, it was a glass elevator. So there wasn't any claustrophobia. And we we're only two and a half stories high. But we were stuck there for nearly an hour. One of the girls started having a panic attack. And another dude really needed to go to the bathroom. And many of the girls were offering him their hydro flask to go. But he said he'd rather go in his backpack than their bottles. And so we, did, we waited an entire hour because the hotel was using its warranty to get the manufacturers to fix it. And it took so long that our breaths were starting to fog up the glass. Someone eventually got fed up and called the fire department and let us down. That entire trip was so wild. So after that, I went to Washington DC to visit my second cousins. They picked me up and we went to have dinner at Korean barbecue. I'm such a snob, but while we were cooking dinner, one of the waiters took my tongs and started to cook my own food. I'm so used to doing that myself that I got mad at them because I thought they thought I was incompetent to do it. It's also a white majority area, so I guess that's also why the Korean waiters cooked the food for us. Just so happened during that time that I was visiting Washington, D.C., the U.S.'s longest government shutdown was happening, so everything free was closed. All the museums, all the fun things to do, and even the public bathrooms. So most of the time that I was there, I just got to know my family that I haven't seen in forever. So they moved to Virginia from California to plant a Vietnamese church and is born to the Viet community in Washington, D.C. Next stop was Boston, because one of my buddies from London that I met at Hillsong, he visited me previously in San Diego and wanted me to return the favor in Boston. So when I arrived, it was freezing cold. It was sunny, but the winds were just arctic chills. So we did primarily indoor activities like go to the museum and go to the aquarium. We also rode bikes around the city, and I'm not used to bike riding, 
and I struggled riding the bikes up the hills because I forgot to shift gears. And during my time in Boston, I also got to catch up some friends from San Jose that relocated to Boston. It was awesome because one of the guys' first reaction was to catch up in an Ethiopian restaurant. Because that's what we do in San Jose. We eat out at ethnic restaurants. And we spent three hours in the restaurant just catching up, talking about life, talking about our Vietnamese and Christian identity and how that fits within the American culture. So I spent my birthday flying to London to catch up with some old friends. I stayed with my Indonesian friend in Deptford, Southeast London. We celebrated his 24th birthday just hanging out, chilling at a pub. I really wish Americans had more pubs so that we can just chill and celebrate over drinks. And I caught up with the rest of my core group over Chinese food. And I just spent the seven days there just enjoying all the sights and sounds of this beautiful city. Next was Oxford. So one of my friends from church in San Jose is a grad student there. And I got the student experience at Oxford. So they're separated into different colleges, kind of like Harry Potter houses. And I got to see all the different colleges and their alumni. And they're such big names like Gemma Chan, Bill Bradley, Adam Smith, Albert Einstein, C.S. Lewis, J.R. Tolkien. The list just goes on and on. But my favorite memory at Oxford is going to a formal dinner in their dining halls. So my friend got me a ticket to the best dining hall, where it's literally Hogwarts. The studio of Harry Potter, they modeled the dining hall after this specific one. So imagine dining tables lined up together with paintings of old white dudes on the walls. It was so surreal. And these formal dinners, we had to dress up in suits and ties and were served a three-course meal. It was the bougiest experience of my life. And after our formal dinner, we went to this pub called Eagle and Child, where C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien met for their club. So every place I've mentioned thus far has been a place where I knew somebody. Now I'll be going to a place where I didn't know anyone. This place was Venice. It certainly was a beautiful city, but I got tired of it pretty quickly. I stayed in a hostel and quickly became friends with a Lebanese Frenchman and an Egyptian Italian. They were such amazing people, but the city itself, it didn't captivate me. Like once you see one canal, you've kind of seen the ball, and getting lost in the alleyways just kind of sucked. And I didn't have a girlfriend, so didn't get to enjoy it with my special somebody. And one thing I really didn't like the city was how it treated its citizens. So most of its population are the tourists and lived in the middle of the island where everything was happening. The true citizens of Venice, they were pushed to the outskirts and they just tend to be older. I found out that Venice is actually pushing out its young people to make room for tourists. And so this city, is actually literally sinking because of tourism. Afterwards was Barcelona. I freaking love this part of the trip because on my plane ride there, I sat next to an American who also happened to graduate college and also happened to be there at the same time I was. He was traveling with his best friend too and we all hung around together. 
And the highlight of that trip was we visited this place called Montserrat, which is this monastery in the mountains. And by the time we got to the monastery, we looked at the top of the mountains and we all said together, we're gonna climb that. And we did. We to totally ignored the monastery and just spent four hours hiking around the beautiful view of the mountains and the fields. It was a beautiful sunny day and the grass was so green, trees were so lush. This was the first time for both of our trips that we got to experience nature and it just fulfilled my soul. After that was Budapest. It was the first time in my trip I was experiencing snowfall and I had two interesting experiences here. The first one was with my Airbnb host. She was this woman from Africa and I think I was one of the few Americans she's ever met. And so she started asking me questions like, is it illegal to drive while being black? Or if you mess up in public, does everyone take up your guns and shoot you? I've never heard of that view of America before. And I just responded that our media tends to create narratives that they just want to push. And so if This Is America by Childish Gambino is what people think America actually is, us American citizens have a lot of work to do. The second was when I was on subway after coming back from its famous spas. So I was tired, I just want to sit in the back, chill, but I was people watching. And I see this Korean couple walk in. The guy looks up on the map, sees he's on the wrong train, jumps out, but still sees the girl in there. And as the door is closing in on him, he sticks his arm in there but the doors clamp on his arm, and then the train starts moving. We all freaked out. A couple standing next to the door got his arm loose, but we were halfway through the tunnel. He shut down all subways, and I thought his arm got ripped off. The other people thought he got dragged on the tracks. We walked out, saw his body lying next to the door. The police came and cleared everyone out, but I stayed back for an hour just to verify that he is indeed alive. He only broke his right arm and his right leg. But the craziest thing is that there's supposed to be a driver on the subway and his job is to make sure that there's nothing in the mirrors. And I guess the one time he didn't look, there was something in the doorway. So my final destination was Copenhagen, Denmark. My friend and coworker at Point Loma has a best friend in Denmark, not Copenhagen, but introduced us to become friends. She took the time to travel 40 minutes to Copenhagen, took me around the city, we got on boats around the canals, got to see all these different castles, and experienced Danish life from a local. I learned a lot about how their government works too. Like, she's being paid to go to school, but they only pay, they pay 60% income tax to do so. There was also a big handball tournament going on while I was there. so to the Americans listening, it's like basketball and soccer combined. So the Danish pride themselves in the sport and has won many Olympic gold medals, but not the European League, which was going on. And they were fighting against Denmark for the for the championship. And they destroyed Norway. And I got to celebrate with the Danes. We were sitting in a pub and just chanting Danish chants. And so this summed up my trip it was an insane amount of places and I still experience fatigue from it. And here we are now, 2020, 23 years old. I've traveled a lot, 
and I want to bring up the discussion of how we can be better stewards to the people and the world. So for example, when I was in Barcelona, Airbnbs were being used for us tourists rather than their own citizens in their own housing crisis. So my very presence there threatens their way of life. Like, why would they give other people a place to stay temporarily when they can use that for their own citizens? Another example is Venice. Their tourists were outpopulating their own citizens. And I eventually learned that the city encourages young citizens to move out so that there could be more room for tourists. So I want this podcast to encourage traveling, but also talk about personal growth. But more importantly, I want to learn how we travelers can take care of our world and our neighbors who welcome their incredible homes for us. So follow me on wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll be interviewing travelers on their personal journeys.